Hi, my friends, and welcome to Longevity Now, the place for all your news and views about life extension from around the world. And we truly go around the world in this episode talking with Dr. Marios Kiriazis of Cyprus. Now, he might call Cyprus home, but he has been all over the world practicing medicine and advocating life extension for the last couple of decades. In fact, he was the founder of the British Longevity Society back in 1992. He has a more all-encompassing and longer view of the battle against aging. Let's have a listen. And now I would like to welcome to this edition of Longevity Now, Dr. Marios Kiriazis. The first question I have is, how did you become first interested in life extension? Well, my interest started back in the 90s, early 90s, when I was planning to do an additional course. I finished medicine and I wanted to do an additional course. And one course that drew my attention was a degree in gerontology run by the University of London. And I thought at the time, that's some interesting area to be getting in. And um, I did that course. It was one of the first courses in gerontology then. And my interest expanded from there. So prior to your course in gerontology, there wasn't too much interest or influence in your life in life extension? No, before that, uh, I was concentrating in just becoming a doctor, a general doctor. And uh, there was the studies and traveling because I had to go to Italy to study. There was no university in Cyprus then. And as soon as I finished, then I realized that there is much more into just living longer or living healthier. There is a lot of other things that are associated with it. So I thought I'll, I'll look into this vast area and see where it leads us. And are you currently still practicing as a medical doctor? Yes, of course. I'm pra- practicing everyday medicine in um, the emergency department. I, I think to be a doctor is not just one thing. It's not just to take people's blood pressure or do blood tests. That is a whole lifestyle thing which involves studying, research, doing lecturing, doing uh, other associated subjects. And yes, I practice clinical medicine and anti-aging medicine and research in the longevity area. And now I'd like to ask you, what is your current focus in anti-aging and extreme longevity? I see these two processes as uh, different. Longevity is the normal process of uh, trying to live up to the age that is currently possible. In other words, 110, 120 years. And this can be achieved uh, through normal uh, things like lifestyle, nutritional um, measures, and in the future, stem cells, nanotechnology, or other biotechnological developments. However, extreme longevity or extreme life extension is something different in my view. I believe that in order to achieve extreme longevity, we need to use a different approach, not just based on biology, but also based on other disciplines like physics, mathematics, complexity theories, uh, evolution, and uh, the behavior of complex adaptive systems all taken together with society, sociology, 
as well as even some people are suggesting um, cosmological issues, in other words, astronomical developments, because everything in the end comes down to us, to humans, the way we interact with the environment and the way we change the environment. So I believe in order to achieve extreme light extension, we need to use a different approach, not just based on biology alone. And just staying on the subject here of extending human lifespan, what new therapy or technology has you the most excited? First of all, let me say that I am thinking a bit outside the box here. I'm not suggesting or I'm not looking for a particular therapy or an intervention or stem cells or whatever uh, there is. I'm thinking that aging, the fact that we age, is a very deep uh, situation within nature. I don't believe that aging would be conquested by just taking a few pills or moving a few cells to the left or to the right. If we are ever going to defeat aging, we have to up the stakes and think not just along biological terms, but also along other terms, more complex mathematical theories, evolutionary theories, uh, see the behavior of complex adaptive systems, connectivity, interconnectivity in the, in the world as it is now, technology. So it's not just biology that I'm looking at, and with some other researchers we are um, researching this area, but also a host of other areas as well. So just to, to expand on that, because I think it's important, apart from the approach, which is to look at complex systems, the other thing that came to my mind is that as things are at the moment, think about it. What is there that we can do to live longer? Do a bit of exercise, don't smoke, take a few supplements, and what else? There's nothing else. We have to wait for research to come through stem cells or, I don't know, nanotechnology or developments so that we can take it in tablet form or in injection form and influence our aging. But apart from the ordinary things that we've been talking about 20, 30 years ago, even 40 years ago, don't smoke, exercise, fresh air, what else is there in practical terms? Yes, there is a lot of, a lot of research and a lot of work done that is in uh, the laboratory. There's very little that can be applied now to people in the street so that they can extend their lives. Well, you have correctly identified one of the main problems in life extension in that we don't have any significant therapies or technologies that can be applied in a clinical setting. What do you think is the main bottleneck preventing us from moving forward? I think it's simple. Our approach is wrong. Our approach to, to study the biology of aging alone and expect the biology of aging to provide us answers uh, is not going to lead us to extreme life extension. It may lead us to ordinary life extension. More people will live to be 100, 120, but it's not going to provide the answer to extreme life extension. And that's why that's, that's a bottleneck. So that's what I'm trying to address with some other forward-looking scientists, to see if there is any other way of looking at the problem in a different way, more complex, more sophisticated, and see if we can get some answers that can be applicable 
not only in the future, but also now, to sure. people now, as they are now in the street. So besides so, theoretical yeah. future inventions, as far as a practical matter, some researchers and some anti-aging advocates I have spoken with just in the past year have mentioned that money is a big bottleneck for developing any kind of anti-aging therapies or developing therapies for extreme life extension. Would you tend to agree with that? I know I have been trying to advocate for extreme life extension for quite a while now, for over a decade. And it seems we have talked to a lot of people. There are a lot of researchers out there that seem to be working on this problem. But recently, some of them have said, we just need more money to complete our research. Would you agree with that? Of course, money is a, is a problem, yes. But I don't think it's the main problem. I think it's their approach and their way of thinking. However, having said that, if there was a way of, get a few, of getting a few million uh, euros into the subject of research into aging, then I think we'll make a lot of progress. I don't believe that it would be take billions. It's a matter of millions because it's not just the technology that will make a difference, but it's also the natural progress of evolution that will help us as well. Uh, let me explain. I believe now we live in, a, as, you, as we all know, in a technological society, but this is the first time in the history of humankind, where we are exposed to technology and information. Now, this is having an intense effect on our evolution. I believe that basic evolutionary and biological processes exposed to this new technology will change. They will change the way they operate. And as a result, if we follow the right steps and engage with technology in the right way, we would then experience an increase in lifespan, which is based on natural laws, not just technological laws. Basically, one approach that we are following now is the uh, engagement with technology and information, exposure to information, not just any ordinary information, but information that requires action, upregulates several aspects of our cognitive processes, and demands energy for repair and the process of information. This, I believe, has an impact on our basic biology. And we are doing some advanced research now to explain how, exactly how, the arrival of information changes the biology of somatic cells who may take immortality, immortality mechanisms from the germline uh, repair processes. So, as we all know, uh, germline cells uh, have the potential for immortality because they repair themselves very effectively. Now, if these mechanisms exist, why can we take advantage of them? Why should our germ cells only take advantage of them? And our research shows that it may be possible to at least start using some of those mechanisms by the very fact that we expose ourselves to a relentless arrival of new actionable information, being connected to the internet, having a lot of social connections, virtual or real social connections, learning new things, uh, digesting new things, and transmitting those new things to other people, continual feedback of information and knowledge that upregulates several processes in our uh, brain. And as a result, 
there is a request by the brain for more energy, more repair of resources in order to deal with this information. And at the same time, uh, any age-related uh, damage that there is in the brain and subsequently in the body gets um, repaired as well. So that's a general way of thinking, and uh, this can be applicable to everyday life as well because it's something we can do today now, expose ourselves to actionable information, meaningful information. One thing I wanted to bring up here is the effort to convince more people that life extension, radical life extension, is a good thing. You have been around the world, uh, many different countries. What do you see as one of the main stumbling blocks between different cultures for convincing more people that it is a beneficial thing to work toward life extension? Yeah, this is a strange uh, situation because everywhere I've been, People say that they are interested in living longer. They want to live healthy and live longer. Uh, if I ask them whether they want to live forever, then that's, that's a difficult, different question, and many say no, but that's not the issue here. The issue is that the public at large wants to live longer. And when, when we talk with politicians or people in power who may be able to influence matters, they are just not interested. They, I don't know whether they are short-sighted or they have their own worries or they are thinking about votes and how to get elected. Because, quite honestly, if we say to the public, yeah, vote for me, but I would cancel, I will abolish the retirement age completely, which that's what we as scientists are promoting. But the politician is, is a suicide thing to say, to abolish retirement, make people work forever, 200 years, albeit in a different career, in a different way. But nevertheless, people uh, will never accept that. So basically, it's a mentality thing. I don't know whether people think about it seriously or whether they think, oh, we don't have the money, we have other things to worry about, or whether they say, let's cure heart disease or cancer first, and then we'll think about aging. But it is, it is a difficult matter to approach. So, so what advice would you give to younger people who are just getting into advocacy for extreme life extension? What are some tips, or what would be the best way to convince more people or politicians? Well, they should start. Uh, everybody has to do whatever they are good at. Some people are good at uh, talking to other people. Others are very unwilling to meet face-to-face -face with other people but can do work over the Internet. So, first of all, it should be whatever each individual likes to do and start talking to other people, friends, relatives, start having new ideas join societies or organizations like uh, Longevity Party, which is quite active all over the world, or uh, Longevity, and then um, pro take it from there, share their ideas, uh, try to spread the message, even start thinking about going out with a few placards and sensitizing general uh, opinion, saying like the, there was some uh, earlier effort a few months ago with placards saying that aging is not inevitable, let's increase funding into aging. And people see it and pass it to each other, and the information goes and spreads, the means spread, 
and eventually um, I think people in power will listen and will start doing something about it, maybe not fully 100%, but it, it will make a good start. All right, and we've been talking about kind of the science and advocacy of life extension. I was just wondering, many people listening to the podcast are also trying to live as long as they possibly can as a medical doctor and a life extension advocate yourself. What do you personally do to stay healthy? Uh, apart from the ordinary things, diet-wise, I tend to follow the paleo, paleolithic model. I believe that we are made to live a life of exploration and constant change and if you if you see about agriculture when agriculture came they were, apart from the nutritional effects they had an, a mental effect agriculture basically means to do the same things over and over again and wait every year to to have your crops and everything but the paleolithic lifestyle is the same as i've been saying now constant change constant challenges, exposure to information. And so nutritionally, I try to change everything that I eat, eat it at irregular times, not have three meals a day, because that's not natural. When we are living in the wild, we weren't having three meals a day. We are eating whatever there was available. Eat a lot one day or eat less the following day. Exercise is the same. It's a um, power law exercise do a lot of low-intensity exercises, some uh, moderate intensity, and some very rare high-intensity exercises. I have an estate in Italy where I practice this. I move logs and pull things and run up the mountain or walk a lot or cut trees. So that's the kind of exercise because it affects different muscles, different postures, balance, um, hand, uh, hand coordination and strength. Um, supplement wise, I don't take many supplements. I just usually try, if there is something new, I would try it as an experiment for myself and see how it is so that I can recommend it to other people. But I don't take a hundred tablets a day like many people do. That's my personal opinion. And I try to follow my own advice to uh, always Avoid routine, always try different things, uh, never stop in front of an obstacle, always try to find a way around it, come up with new projects, new ideas. And my motto is that there is no top, there is only height. So I'm not planning to get to the top and then stop. I'm only going to try and uh, get higher and higher or different directions, but always trying something different. Well, that's a wonderful philosophy to have, I would say. Lastly here, is there anything you would like to promote that you might have coming up soon? Any publications or a conference, perhaps? Yeah, we have a conference coming up in Cyprus on the 25th of May. This would be one of the first conferences where people of different interests, not just biologists, but different uh, uh, neurologists, computer scientists, uh, social scientists who come together and present different ideas and see whether we can find a common ground to um, make some progress towards achieving indefinite lifespans. We advertise that on uh, different media, Facebook, LinkedIn, so on. But it will be available online as well. So be, the, all the lectures will be live online 
for people to follow. Well, it is wonderful to hear that the upcoming conference on May 25th in Cyprus will be broadcast online. You can find more details in the events forum at Longevity. And I thank Dr. Kiriazis very much for sharing his thoughts about extending lifespan indefinitely. It is good to remember to see the forest as well as the trees, to think about the big picture as well as the finer details of extending our individual lives. Until next time, I'm Justin Lowe.